it feels like sacrilege to talk over Motorhead, right? I mean, the legendary Motorhead, Ace of Spades. But I heard it. I heard it earlier today, and I'm like, you know, it's the first day of fall. It is fucking gorgeous oh, outside, it's perfect. and it. I mean, no humidity in the air. It's still warm enough when you're in the sun. It's in the 70s, and it's actually going to get warm again by the weekend and early next week. We're going to be back at near 80 degrees again, so it's not over yet. But man, do I love this time of year. In fact, warm weather actually increases the amount of color we're going to see in the foliage before we lose it when it's warmer and fall goes slower more color slower explosion more beautiful fallout in front of us listen guy my name is brian oak this is the brian oak show episode 190 (laughs) being recorded in the smart start mn studios here in truly gorgeous south minneapolis right here on chicago near chicago and 48th near the parkway theater i am brian oak that is sean bernard um sean i have a really important question for you before we go any further these are real oh i said nope well but we're close we're very very close I don't care if you are, but I've just never seen you with one, and so I have to ask you, not in the effort of shaming you, but in the effort of really trying to understand how your head works, are you growing a mustache? So, we just moved. We just moved. I cannot find my razors. No, 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 no. I had to use my wife's leg razor, so I was like, I'm just going to shave over here and here. And just let the stash grow a little you're, bit. So that's what I'm asking you. And again, no judgment, but you know, your cheeks and your chin are baby butt smooth. They are. There is absolutely... You caress them for at least five minutes. I'm all good, thanks. Um, uh, there is absolutely the beginnings, the nubbins, the chia pet of a mustache forming above your lip. You're going to give her a run, aren't you? I think I am going to give it a run. My yeah. wife cannot stand it. So that's, it's part of... Like, See, right now, it's very understated. It looks yeah. like five o'clock shadow, but yeah. the only place you have it is above your lip. We, we've been together for 27 years. She can't fucking stand a mustache, so I'm going to try to grow up for a well, just to piss her off. Well, that's... and then when I shave it off, I get lots of action. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. A little reverse Marcus, psychology. Marcus, like, hey, I'm kind of digging this. I'm yeah, well, we, you know something. Well, <laughs> and you, you might maybe the reverse, reverse, reverse psychology. And clearly, I'm, I'm growing it just to piss her off. The secrets to a 27 year happy marriage. You know it. What you do is you keep the expectations really low. And then every once in a while, you exceed them. She's like, no. Who the fuck took out the garbage? Right. Did no, what, somebody what, come in and fucking break it into our house? What you've done is you kept the expectations <laughs> low. Now you're actually just nosediving them by growing a mustache. That's true. So then when you cut it, you're just going back up to the same low level you were at before. But somehow there's a newfound appreciation. Exactly. And Jeez. the sad thing is now it's like it's gray and red and brown. Have you seen my beard? Yeah, I mean that's that's what it looks it's like. That's weird. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Before we get to today's guest, who I'm excited to get to, because um, we've gotten to know each other over the last year, a little longer, and um, we've had some interesting similarities in our journey. But he's also had a journey that is so cool and so exciting. He's one of us. He is a born and raised Minnesotan, but has literally traveled the country and the world in his pursuit. He's a professional. NHL player, now retired, but hockey has been his life. Mark Parrish, who I obviously people know his time here at the Wild, but he's been a journeyman for a long time. But before we get to him, I do have to thank Smart Start MN for being the primary sponsor of this podcast. Without them, we probably don't get off the ground back in, what, November of 2019? Yeah, almost two years ago. It was a while ago, and here we are already on episode 190. They've been with us literally every step of the way. We appreciate loyalty very much in this business. We also appreciate working with professionals. 
professionals, people who know what the hell they're doing, and people who are just good people. They're also big music heads. But what Smart Start does, if you get a DUI, if someone you know gets a DUI, someone you love, care about, these are the people who founded Minnesota's Ignition Interlock Company. And there are carpetbaggers who have come along trying to gloop up some of that sweet marketplace. These are your guys. They are Minnesotans. They do care about this. They know exactly how it works. They help design the program. They can get you back on the road sooner and for less money than you otherwise might expect. Because look, you fucked up. You got a DUI, right? Now it's time to be like, all right, that was really the dumbest thing ever. And hopefully you didn't hurt anybody. Nothing else terrible happened, which is really, I mean, that's the best you can hope for in that scenario. But you're going to lose your license. You want to get back in your car. Smart start and man is who can help you. Yeah. and, And they understand tribalism. And what I mean by that is that they must have realized that you and I, well, you were going to bottom out, and then I had bottomed out years before. Well, And we must know other people who had bottomed out. Maybe. Look at that. (laughs) Just maybe. Hey, let's sponsor their show. Let's sponsor their show. There's something awfully familiar about everything you guys are saying. Interesting. Mark Mark has had a similar journey. Um, He and I bottomed out a little later than you did, but luckily all three of us in here, in recovery, and have all bottomed out. Upswing, upswing, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah you talk about that's so that, you know it's the same thing with the, it's the wedding. It's the, it's the same yeah. philosophy. Look, <laughs> the, great, you know, the only good thing about bar absolute, very low. The only good thing about hitting absolute rock bottom is there literally is nowhere yes. to go but up. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise Amen. you're in real trouble. Before we dive Amen. deep with Mark Parrish, I do have one song I wanted to play. Oh, yeah. I normally associate this band with Summertime. They are a Pennsylvania duo who the guy does all the keyboards and the beep boop bops and the beats, and she does all the sexy singing they're known together as marion hill that's not the name of any one person but it's the name of the band and i happen to be in love with this band and i haven't heard them forever and it popped into my head when i first woke up this morning which is often what informs this first song right here on the brian oak show Thinking I want to spend the whole summer sleeping. 
all the weekend I've been holding on too tight I never thought I'd be thinking I want I spent the whole summer sleeping You've been staying up all night I never thought I'd be thinking I want you I've been so tired on the weekend I've been holding on too tight I never thought I'd be thinking I'm not saying that Marion Hill is sexy time music, but like that's the most upbeat one. Most of them are way more low, low key and way more. Um, are you familiar with FBI's? Like when someone gives yes, you that look yes, and it's yes. go time. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. A while. you're familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Same, right? Yeah. Most of their music <laughs> epitomizes that. Same, right? Yeah. I mean, you get that look they work you're like, oh, every I, time. Every- <laughs> I just sort of have a tough time concentrating have with having to snap, every time. to snap to snap at the same time as you're what I was saying. On. That <laughs> one's way more upbeat than most of them. Most of them honey, are, are honey, much more are much more <laughs> directed. Going. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 190. It's made possible in part by, by Forgotten Star Brewing. Sean and I were there this past weekend to help them with the launch of Oktoberfest, which is a multi-week celebration. You know, if you're in Munich, but at Forgotten Star Friday and Saturday, they had a ton of bands. They had hundreds, if not thousands, mm-hmm. of people in attendance. There was log rolling. There was Hammerschlagen. Al Church uh-huh. gave you endless shit too. Did he? Yeah, I didn't even hear. What did he, he say? He kept messing with you the whole time. Well, you were you were too busy placating the audience. Well, I mean, look, you got to meet your public, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> kiss the babies. See what I got to deal Shake with. Hands. Forgotten Star yeah. Brewing is located in Fridley. They Shake do a the good job. They got a great indoor and outdoor area. They are dog friendly indoor and outdoor. And they're, again, really good people. Sean and I like working with professionals, and we generally walk a wide circle around assholes. And that's really sort of the only requirements that and your ability to write a check. Really, the only thing you have to <laughs> Those do. Those two things. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, so I'm here to write a check then, clearly. No, well, no, you're a guest. Yeah, yeah. You're a guest. Yeah. Now, oh, guess. now okay. if Northland Spirit wanted to come on board as a sponsor. Hey, one sponsorship remaining. One remaining. One Otherwise, well, we're sold out. Let's go ahead and get into it with today's <laughs> guest, Mark Parrish. Mark Parrish is a familiar name to Minnesotans. Mark Parrish, well, really to anybody who's ever paid attention to the NHL in the last 20-plus years, you had a 15-year career as yeah. an NHL guy, right? Yeah. And you were a journeyman through much of that time. Yeah. Very successful, but also like I mean, in any professional sport, you don't really get to pick where you go, right? I mean, they no. decide like, hey, you know what, you no. are, you're a valuable chess piece, and yes. now we've decided we want this thing, or there's a management change, or an ownership change, and they're like, we're going to change the makeup of this franchise, and we're gonna we're gonna yank you around. Before we talk about all that madness, you're a Minnesota boy, aren't you? Yes, I am, born and raised Bloomington boy, Bloomington boy, yes. which means you grew up, and the first time you become a noteworthy name in Minnesota hockey, not just no. Worthy, you're an actual star because in ho- in Minnesota, hockey 
is number one. Let's be yeah. honest, like, as opposed oh, to, the, yeah. to the overall world where football's number one, yep. and maybe even in college. Yep. In Minnesota, you know, I mean, you get to the state high school hockey championship. These people are on primetime television. You are a household name. Those mullets are flowing, yes. and it is go oh, time, did I ever, It was the 90s, though. Say, oh, we, we had a flowing big time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And had, this, had those slow-mo flow videos started back then yet? No, they didn't start that. It was, you know, the, the big deal was, was like, what are you going to say? Because the speakers were on the oh, camera. So, right. like, are you going to thank your mom? Or are you going to oh, yeah. say, hi, grandma? Like, what are you going to say? Or are you going to tough guy? Are you going to skate out there and just <laughs> stare at it? Right. Which is really funny because that's what Mike Anderson and I, we were two sophomores on the 93 team. We're like, we're going to tough guy. The 15 the, the, the <laughs> yeah. and 16-year-old <laughs> nice. are going to be, the, be the tough guys. And they, we still see those clips every now and then. Like, my God, what were we thinking? <laughs> so, like, we're just babies. We're just babies trying to look tough with our big, long, blonde mullets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Our numbers shaved in the side of our Sweet. head. You know Holy what I mean? Cowboy. Lightning bolts on the other side. Oh, we, we didn't, was, mess, we didn't mess around. I think I was at your state championship game because I used yeah. to go to the tournament every year. Yeah. The, the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament, for people listening around the country, oh, yeah. it, it is... That's, it's number one in Minnesota. But, yeah. it, but the, the quality of hockey... Even kids that will never go on to play college or, God yep. you know, forbid, the pros, but... These fucking kids are skating their hearts out, laying it all online. Yeah. And I'm talking from towns, you know, with a thousand kids in there. Yeah. To big schools, it's unbelievable the quality of hockey that we have here. I, my, one of my favorite part. It, it is my favorite time of the year when I get a chance to yep. cover the Class A for mm-hmm. for the for Channel 45 for the state tourney. It is so much fun because of that. It it doesn't take me back to when I played. Like there's moments when I'm doing the color. Uh, that I will be like, oh god, I missed that battle in front of the net. Or, I missed yeah, that, yeah, or yeah. like, oh, I missed that feeling of the winning it or or losing it. I felt both feelings, so yep. I feel for both sides. But other than that, the whole part is is me as a twelve year old kid when mom and dad would drop my brother and I off, just drop our brother, you know, a twelve and a fourteen year old, or yeah. like we were kids at the civic center for the whole day. Bye. We had our passes. Yep. See ya. <laughs> Like that was our we that was and our vacation. Would, we didn't go to school. We had we could go, especially when Jefferson uh-huh. is. We could go every single day to all, the, and and that was so much fun. Like just going around, and seeing the other teams, yep. hearing the other cheers, making fun of the Morehead Spuds. Well, <laughs> I love it. You know that's what I love because because that's also part of it though that camaraderie, which made me take a little too seriously when you're young, but it's an important part of competition, right? For people oh, who have never competed in sports like that, and at that level, you know, I was a swimmer. You don't really get a lot of chance to talk trash or yeah. check somebody into the boards when you're swimming. Exactly. <laughs> hey, look, I look pretty good in a Speedo back then. You might not believe it now. Um, but before you ascend to Minnesota State Championship level heroism and, and you know recognition, when you're a kid, when do you first get a stick? I mean, are you playing hockey from the time that you can remember? Have you always been on skates? Yeah, as much as I can remember. I, I remember skating. Um my brother was actually the first one to bring in ha- hockey. My dad played college baseball and football at, at mm. Augsburg. That's uh, where my so, son's playing so, baseball. Yeah, nice, Augsburg, yeah. nice. Yep, freshman this year. And uh, and my mom obviously went to Augsburg. Excuse me, went to Augsburg. That's where they met. Um, so, but my dad, my dad's a great athlete, and so it just kind of ran in our blood. And I, I grew up actually. Funny thing is, I was always a baseball guy. My sport mm-hmm. was baseball until somebody like, hey. You should maybe start focusing on hockey. That's that's kind of what it happened. Just because to me. you were good at it, or yeah. why did they tell you that? 
when I was probably about 15-ish, yeah. uh, they're like, you know, you, you should probably focus on hockey. I think that's kind of your ticket. Otherwise, I was baseball all the way. And what was your strong suit? I mean, because I know some guys are speed guys. Some guys are tough guys. Uh, some guys, their skating is better than their stick work. Some guys just have an innate sense for the puck. I mean, what was your strength early on? Scoring goals. Yeah. I, I, I sh- shooting, uh, shot with my shot was always my mm-hmm. strength, but that was my favorite thing. I, I remember growing up on the ice. Uh, my brother would be uh, skating around and stick handling, and my brother's he's got incredible hands. He's he's definitely got the best hands in the family, and that's not even a joke. Andrew Burnett finally realized that after we retired and we've been skating yeah. men's leagues together. He's like, I thought you were always kidding about that. I'm like, no, I wasn't. My brother's <laughs> right. got way better hands than wow. I do. And um, uh, but I but I would stand in front of the net and just shoot. Like I I wouldn't bother skating around or anything. I just love scoring goals. I love seeing the puck hit the back of the net, hit that mesh. And that's the one that the passion, the obsession of the game that just 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 kicked in. And I absolutely love doing it. And luckily enough, uh, colleges and NHL teams like goal scorers. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> we'll have it. Let's be honest. Uh, that's know, a, that's, that's a kind of my path, in all honesty. <laughs> there are a lot of things that go into making any hockey team successful. But let's be honest, goal scorers, that's the sexy position, right? Yeah. You need points. And yeah. you got to get points. And I want to talk about your goal scoring. I want to talk about... There's still something about the NHL I don't understand. The difference between goals scored and the overall points. I don't yeah. get how that works. Like, oh, I scored 30 <laughs> goals this season, but I scored 62 points. I don't know what the fuck that means. So I, 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 need, I need you to drill that down for I me a little it. bit. I can handle that, buddy. I, I got know you. you can. But before we go any further with Mark Parrish, I would like to hear a song. I don't, I don't like to yes. go too long in these things without hearing a little music. We've asked you to pick out a few songs. Yes. And again, there is no criteria other than you love it. So I want to know why you like this band and why you chose this song specifically. Oh, well, I'm a Zach Brown band. Um, I, I, I heard the chicken fried thing. And then when I was uh, playing in Dallas in 2009, I saw them uh, and got to a chance to meet them uh, at the House of Blues in Dallas. Uh, and I instantly fell in love with them. I heard the song Toes and I went and downloaded their whole mm-hmm. catalog after that song. Uh, and uh, so I've always just, as they've come along, I love this band. As they grow, they try different sounds, everything. And this one was kind of funny. Um, I, I thought I could have sworn I've heard every song in their catalog over and over and over. And this was just before, this is when I had just gotten out of uh, rehab for a few months. And I was actually on my way to uh, Twin City Summer Jam uh, to see Zach Brown Band in a van with a bunch of friends. There was like eight of us that were in this uh, big SUV. And uh, this song came on. And, and I, first of all, it just struck a chord. It instantly, mm. from the first first word in this song first words it is my story to a t i mean it just writes out what went through with me and, and where my recovery is and since that moment uh when i'm kind of struggling when i'm feeling anxiety mm-hmm. when when anything's yep. kind of getting to me or if i just need to kind of get up and get going it's a it's a triumphant song to me this is my go-to song right now hometown hero at the bar Superstar, you know. Kept the buzz, filled the hole, loved the lights, stole the show. Someone I used to know would stay.
inspirational song from Zach Brown Band, Someone I Used to Know. You know, you mentioned your recovery, and both Sean and I are sober now as well, yes. and I think that you entered recovery just a little bit before I did. Yep. I went into uh, rehab last, man, just over a year ago, last July. Yeah, that was March. And you were back in March. Now, without going into too much of it, you know, I mean, life gets weird, right? And, yeah. and drinking sneaks up on you, okay? Oh. And so does drug use and all that stuff. Yep. I was really, really good at drinking, and I did, it didn't come to, the, it, it didn't cost me my job, it didn't cost me my family my problem came in the form of i got so good at it that my body was starting to shut down and as much as i love drinking i like being alive a little bit more so i had to do it what led to your decision because it, it, it's a very personal decision so i don't want you to divulge anything yeah, you don't want no. to but what led to your decision like i gotta straighten my shit out the, it's funny just as, as as you were kind of telling your story in a nutshell there how many how i don't know if this, this goes along for you know john you could talk more yeah. about this as eight years but like it seems like more and more of the stories here it's the more it feels like identical to your story mm-hmm. almost and that's yep. that that's exactly where I was. I was really good at it yeah and and a lot of my life uh you know is is going out and, and doing charity and functions mm-hmm. and, and doing galas and doing these uh, events where you know drinking is just part of it uh and as well as and, and and there's quite a few of us nhlers uh good friends of mine a lot of teammates shockingly that i ran with uh, mm-hmm. that are that are on a lot of zoom meetings with me right now uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny how i'm like oh shocker to see you here uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um you know and 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 we talk about it with certainly not an excuse but but like the culture of the nhl to p- work hard play hard you know mm-hmm. that, and that's where we have it. and and that's no excuse because there's there's thousands of players that that get along with life just yeah. fine that right. don't fall into the issue right so it's, uh, it's alcoholism is weird it's, though, man. It's, part, it, it's that's us. So, you know, we're, we're hit everybody. Right? It's, we're predest- we predestined, and and unfortunately, that's where we are, and we're the chosen ones. Yeah, 
or the chosen ones that get to deal with it that way. And I, it's made me feel stronger come out of it. But uh, yeah, it just it became, you know, the, the anxiety. It got to me with concussions and mm-hmm. and uh, with the, with the end of my career and just retirement, which kind of hits all of us. Is is this anx- a little bit of anxiety? And you know, it was uh, quick vodka soda worked. Oh yeah, you know, I I got a uh, an interview quick with the NHL Network. Well, holy cow, my anxiety's all over the place. Well, one drink works, and then you know I got to go do back to back at St. Cloud. Well, geez, you know, no big deal to make a big road one on the way there, and then all of a sudden it was well, got to have one to calm down on the way home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, you know it was well, I got to get up and get for the next day, and now I got a little bit of a headache, <laughs> and, and so the, well, got to have one in the morning, and and it was it's it. it and it honestly, it felt so as innocent as I feel like I'm saying this story, yeah, yeah. as innocent as you can tell a story like this. Like, I, it felt to me like it was just so innocent. It was like, I can't deal with this anxiety. I've got to, right. like, this is my job and I got to provide for my family. I'm finally getting these opportunities. Uh, you know, and then I kind of started to see these opportunities stall. Uh, and, and, and next thing you know, the mm-hmm. drinking gets worse. And, and, and the DUI, you talk about the DUI when I got my DUI in 2018. Mm. I, that was you it's funny but you think that slew me down that threw me that was my spiral yeah i went downhill hard yeah. from there i couldn't believe i had gotten it why i mm-hmm. couldn't believe it i was stupefied and it just depression just crushed me and uh it wasn't until you know and we, i just it just got worse and it just became vodka just that's all i drink all day long woke up at whatever time five in the morning seven in the morning noon uh, you know, and uh, so it, it is. And I don't want to stop that story yeah, no. because I know the story. But when you talk about vodka became your demon, it is a little odd that you own a vodka company. And I'm not I am not living in judgment. No. Right. No, because no, you, no. You found a path of strength. to say it very gently. But Northland Spirits is your company. Yes. right? You own this company. Yes. And they are a great regional distiller, which I, what I loved because I never liked beer. And yeah. so nothing personal, Forgotten Star or anybody else yes. who makes beer. I love beer. But beer's never been. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Yeah. Beer was never my jam. I was always a brown liquor drinker. Right. Specifically yeah. Irish whiskey for like for you it was vodka. Yep. And so I obviously we've seen tap rooms and breweries proliferate but in recent years the sort of explosion of craft distilleries i was very excited about sadly i found that i had to quit drinking but it's fun to watch it come along (laughs) how does it come to pass that you have northland spirits it's so oddly enough uh it's a good friend of mine from high school i grew up with uh he loves the power trip and and if you listen to the power trip uh for the last few years you know how much i love vodka Mm. and and uh he had seen, you know, obviously Greenway came out with the gray duck, right. uh, and, you know, and, um, oh shoot, Ben's going to kill me that I can't think of his right now. Ben who? Lieber? Lieber. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, shoot, he's yeah. handsome. He can yeah, just, he can, yeah, he can rest on his gorgeous. And, and guess what? Him. Guess what? And guess what, Lieber? You know what? Yeah. I, I, I guarantee you, I will bet you any amount of money, Lieber has never and will never listen to a single episode of this podcast. Not because he's a jerk, but because he's a busy, busy man. Yes, he is. He is. And he's so fucking good at everything he does. I too. know. And I'm clever and I'm handsome so and I had a successful bitch. NFL career. Hey, oh. we'll listen to that. Okay. It doesn't yeah. matter what his is called. You have, you have, a vodka company and, um, called Northland Spirits. So yeah, so my friend Robbie called me. Why don't you have yours? And, and he's like, Well, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Right. I'm good at drinking it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and and he's like, Well, I've got a friend that can maybe help us out with that. So we talked to a friend of his, and I, my my thing was is, is it had to be my vodka. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, one I was going to drink it, so I wanted it to be as clean as pure uh, and just as good as my vodka. So I had to make the the recipe had to be mine. 
So we worked for it for a few months. And, you know, at this point I was drinking, so I knew exactly what a good vodka was. I mean, yeah. uh-huh. who's best to design a vodka <laughs> than an alcoholic? Then, well, then I a, mean, a, come really, on. A, a, a like, high-volume vodka drinker. Yes. I mean, I could tell you the exact difference from every vodka on the market. Uh-huh. And, uh, no, so so it, it was actually really fun. I enjoyed that. And and we, we carbon filter it four times. We get the, the corn out of Benson, Minnesota. Uh, it's premium corn, and we wanted to make a, a top shelf vodka for that, you know, same Tito's price, eighteen to twenty dollars mm. price. Which is, I mean, that's really you can buy the eight dollar bottle, but you yes. know how you're going to feel the next day. You're going yep. to be praying for death. You can buy the seventy five dollar bottle, but that's cost prohibitive for the average person. So you're trying yep. to find a good, high quality vodka at a decent price point. That's exactly right, and that's why we use the the, the most expensive carbon filters out there. My partners weren't too happy with me, but at the same time, I, I wanted to make sure it had to be as clean and pure as possible, just because, of course. I was trying to be a healthy, uh, you know, post concussions and, and, you know, having uh, somewhere in the dozen or so of those, you know, trying to be as healthy as I could, even though, yeah, I know I'm still drinking, but trying to keep it as healthy as right. possible yeah, for right. myself. Uh, and, and, and I think I succeeded and I'm very proud of it. It's got that corn. So it's kind of got that little bit of a sweet corn taste to it. Mm. And the carbon filters really take out all the impurities. So it doesn't have that big bite, that, that, that big finish. And, uh, and it was funny that, that then, uh, the one thing that just drove me nuts was when I did hit my rock bottom, uh, out in New Jersey at the NHL network. God dang it. My last hurrah I was drinking like this crap Finlandia stuff. Oh. Like the whole day. I'm oh. just like, I can't yeah. even drink my own vodka. I'm going straight to Phoenix on a flight. I can't choose anything. I was just <laughs> the last hurrah I was, oh, good Lord. All right. Well, so uh, where, first of all, life. Where, where, do, where, where do people find Northland Spirits? Uh, you can find it at Top 10, Total Wine, Haskell. So, I mean, around Spirits. town. It's yeah. out there. It's okay. It is, it is definitely out here. Uh, and it's called Northland Vodka? Northland Vodka. Yeah. Very good. All green right. and yellow. It's got the old North Stars, not the Green Bay Packers. No, I got you. I got you. I got you. Wisconsin, then yes, it's the Green Bay Packers. Let's go, back, <laughs> let, let's go back in time a little bit because I think, you know, a lot of people, even if they have some modicum of success, right, in sports, in high school or maybe even college let's be honest the vast 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 majority of even very talented athletes never make it to a professional level right yeah. so you've had success you've won two state tournaments for Bloomington <laughs> Jefferson I mean you've got to feel pretty good about your prospects you decide to go to and what's, what I love about Minnesota hockey we were talking about its strength here is that a lot of people who are very very good at it will stay in the area because Minnesota hockey is as good as it gets when we're even at the college level right absolutely I, and so absolutely. When, when you decide to go to St. Cloud, that is not you limiting your career. I mean, the number of people who get fished out of schools like St. Cloud yeah. is innumerable, and you play a couple seasons there, you do very well, and then they come for you. The big boys. <laughs> the big boys come for you. You already knew that you were good, right? I mean, you yeah. scored so many goals throughout high school, throughout your, your first two years there at St. Cloud State. You know that you're talented, but again, that's no guarantee that you are going no. to become a professional athlete, which of course you would go on to do. They come calling and so do you have to opt out of school to get into the draft or do they come to you or how does that work so uh, for a long time it was just once you were 18 you were eligible for the draft mm-hmm. that's how it was for mm-hmm. the nhl then for some reason my graduation my high school graduated 95 the 95 and 96 drafts year uh, and I don't, I don't know why the ncaa put it in there but but you had to opt into the drafts which would make you ineligible so if you wanted to play more or less if you wanted to play college hockey you had to get drafted when you were 19 okay that was more or less what they said you'd have to do and they were hoping that it was going to keep 
kids, more kids in college because there's college kids started to go to major juniors in the Western yep. League and the Ontario Canadian Hockey League. Right. Um, and so they, they, they were scared of that, so they tried to shut it down. It did the exact opposite. It just so made everybody jealous. They shut it right down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, like, no, we're opting into the NHL draft. Uh-huh. We have to go somewhere. So, yeah, it, it was all time backfire. <laughs> uh, the NCAA, at least they, 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 they realized it right away. I mean, they literally shut it down after this those was two ter- years. We've made a terrible yeah. mistake. <laughs> yes. So, now, but one of the things, too, with the NHL, I know that, like, it seems like when they do draft 18 year olds, you know, I know that they're back to it now. Yeah. They, they sort of are in a. a a program or in minor yeah. leagues for a long, long time before you really get brought up to the NHL. And I suppose baseball, as you would know, Sean, is probably yeah. not that different from that. But it seems like the time between when a kid gets drafted and the time when they finally see, unless they're just a, like a freakish phenom, yes. even yeah. in your case, yeah. but it takes a little while for you to be brought right into the NHL. Oh, absolutely. There's a huge growth period. And, and, uh, you know, when you get to that level and you kind of have that realization, you're like, all right, I can, I can get to the NHL. I can play at this level. Then it's staying in the NHL. Right. And, and, you know, yep. <laughs> I remember Colin and I, we, we joke about this all the time thinking that we were, we were experts. By the time we played two years at St. Cloud, like we knew the game. We grew up playing. We're in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Where this is the Minnesota hockey arrogance right no, here. Nothing yeah. left to and, learn, and, man. And, you right? got it. We got this figured out. This is no big deal. And you get to the NHL and you realize you know nothing. Right. Like you're then you finally learn the details of the game and what's what's important and how to play, what it takes to win and things like that. So like that's uh, we joke about that probably very arrogantly in the NHL. Like we've forgotten most more than more than most people know about hockey. Right. We've forgotten. About I, I, I mentioned to you that I I know Andrew Alberts, uh, Brian, yeah. and I used to work with his sister Libby. Um, but was it, not funny to me, but it was interesting to me that he would go Bruins back to Providence and then back to the Bruins yeah. and then back to Providence and then and then of course you get moved from team to team to team, which is yeah. the same thing that happened to you. How yeah. did you handle that? You know, it's just part of the game. It's part of the business. You, you, you know, you just accept it young. If you don't, yeah. if you can't, you, you won't make it in a career if you can't accept that. Now, obviously, there's, I mean, there's very few players at any sport really look around the league. How many mm-hmm. players stay with one team? Almost none. I mean, it's, right? There's that, that it's the exception loyalty. and not the rule, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. That loyalty that, and I think there's a lot of the businesses that have just completely changed too. The money is completely completely different obviously but but mm-hmm. you know back then like when the, you could have a person uh, you can have a relationship with the owner right and, you know and you're like that that'll they'll stay along that mm-hmm. owner will take care of you that's the you know the salary cap everything's out in the open now it just doesn't work uh so you you kind of have to accept that that it's part of a business in which more or less you do when the day you get drafted and you don't even know who you get drafted by i mean yeah. if, and i remember vividly i'll never forget Connor mcdavid's face when he learned that edmonton won the draft the lottery draft that year <laughs> he didn't he wasn't very excited <laughs> the, 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 you know somebody must have whispered in his ear because yeah. also the next time they showed him he was all smiles but yeah. the first few minutes he was not happy oh. i was like all of a sudden i'm starting my career in edmonton so, but you know. I mean, like, so you don't know when you got drafted, you didn't know who drafted you. You had, you like, you would have, uh, Brian Lott was my, well, he was my agent. What, what were they called? Uh, personal advisors or okay. family advisors sure. or something to sure. skirt the rules. Of, the of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> wasn't my agent. He was a family advisor. I understand. I wasn't paying him. I wasn't getting paid anything. So exactly. Of course I wasn't <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but he's banking on the future, yeah. right? Amen. Exactly. Uh, so, so we had like a list. We we met, and and obviously a lot of the teams would go through Brian. Like, all right, we want to Boston would come to town in St. Cloud and mm-hmm. want to interview a bunch of guys. Or there'd be a, a New Jersey would go to a hotel room in Minneapolis, and like myself, Eric Rasmussen, Wyatt Smith, mm-hmm. like Colt, Matt Cullen, all the like top prospects of our age would have to go there and do like a 
treadmill test or something like so right. things like that that would happen leading up to the draft that and then it was like well how'd it go <laughs> how'd they feel at the end were they happy did they say goodbye did right. they not say goodbye you <laughs> right, know like right, all right, those right. details so like we're kind of like Jim, boston no never mind washington maybe right. maybe that's yeah. good. so we're like so, we, I mean, we kind of work a list down to maybe who we thought was going to draft you yeah so but you at the end of the day time, you have no but, idea but once you get drafted someone has your rights right yeah i mean like exactly. so in your case even though you spent a couple of years playing in the whl and the ahl you ultimately began your pro career with the florida panthers that's exactly right yeah okay and very good florida and, and and it was oh my god playing in florida yeah That'd be weird Fort lauderdale i mean a minnesota kid well i, I mean, mean like, are you kidding me i like, wear sandals every day to the rink <laughs> there's it was unreal. and there's no ice and we're on our way to the rink yeah that's what always blows my mind is the yeah. fact that that in the south hockey has become as popular as it's become i'm sure on a hot florida day it's nice to go sit inside the rink and be a little yeah. cooler oh yeah but it still blows my mind i mean like obviously it's part of the culture here right you grow up where you can go out and skate on a lake half the year here down there i just i'm surprised that it ever got popular it it's it's so funny too because it, it it was it was pretty big. Luckily, you know, the, I came right after the '96. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in as the expansion team. So like that that brought a lot of attention to the Panthers. So there were a lot of brand new hockey fans down there mm-hmm. from Florida. But it was interesting because we had a lot of snowbirds down there too. Obviously, so like when the Rangers, the Islanders, Philly came to town, yeah. New Jersey came to town, the whole building would be full of their fans. <laughs> yeah. you know that all lived down there. Uh, and you could tell the biggest difference was the hockey knowledge. So as a Minnesota kid growing up and playing it, and, and like the fans get into it, and the fans can feel the momentum and, yeah. and all that, you can you can hear that roar. Down there, the fans did not get into it. Yeah, they they, they sat there on their cell phones, waiting for the <laughs> horn, horn to blow. They they, they celebrated with a goal. A fight would happen. They went crazy. Otherwise, they like sat there until like the big screen told them to cheer or something. Like they didn't, they had no they had no idea like the, the game. So it was such a weird atmosphere to Very be a part of right but they still wanted to be there but they still want to be like they grew i mean they cheered they loved it they it was loud as hell once you scored okay. or there was a fight <laughs> well, which is good if you're say, mark parish in minnesota the fans no actually will fight each other like, oh, well, yeah. there's a, like oh, yeah. that's the thing they're oh, so yeah. passionate up here that you'll actually get fistfights going in the stands that was always <laughs> with playing the islanders the yes. islanders rangers rivalry when yeah. we would play each other it was always the bet was like would be there be more fights on the ice or off the <laughs> exactly. ice i can't imagine in the stands. Yep. and yep. like and it was great like we'd get into it too like oh my god that guy's kicking his ass out there in row 15 all right so i mean you start with the panthers but as like we were talking about there's not really loyalty you are a piece of their puzzle and you're yep. also a commodity you're gonna get traded you're yeah. gonna get moved around you end up being a journeyman you go to the Islanders, you go to the Los Angeles Kings, and then come 2006, the fateful return. The prodigal son <laughs> returns to Minnesota. Now, before we get into exactly how that went down and what it was like to come back to your hometown, we've gone too long without a song. Yes. We're going to get one more song, and then we're going to talk about Mark Parrish's triumphant return <laughs> to the hometown team, the Minnesota Wild. Tell me about, um, now this band, I love this band, yes. and I would argue that they're one of the greatest of all time. Mount um, Rushmore. I, when, when I from Coico, when, I, when I said when I hear people, you know, the whole Beatles Stones argument to me is a pointless argument because they're both brilliant in yeah, their mm-hmm. own regard. Yep. But if you want to talk about a band that has survived more slings and arrows than any other single band of the entire rock and roll era, <laughs> you cannot get higher on the peak than the band you've chosen right and, here. And I absolutely love them. I grew up. Uh, I love my parents. I grew up listening to Charlie Daniels Band, oh, yeah. Oak Ridge Boys, Gatlin Brothers, yeah. all oh, that. Yeah. Uh, Everly Brothers, but you know what? It was also Rolling Stones, and it was Queen. But the Rolling Stones, and this song, I don't know why. I've heard it my whole life. 
Uh, every single time it comes on the radio, it just it turns me on. I I fucking love this song, "Sympathy for the Devil." It gets me in. It's one of those songs that I love listening to. Get me in a good mood. It sets the tone because you know it gives you time to go step outside and have a cigar, you Not know, or, or anything <laughs> like that. But "Sympathy for the Devil" because you know what? Sometimes everybody's got a little devil inside of them. Oh, and 
Brian Oak Show, episode 190 here in the Smart Start MN studio. Before we return to our conversation with Mr. Parrish, let's go ahead and say hi to our friend Sean Bernard, who in addition to being co-owner of the Brian Oak Show and producer, is also a realtor for, man, you just moved to, your life must yeah. be chaos right now. It is. Edina Realty is what I meant to say, 50th yes. in France location. Yep. Now, my father was a carpenter, master craftsman, worked his ass off his whole life, didn't make much money. I actually have calluses from moving. He would be so profoundly disappointed in me <laughs> right now. Now, granted, I did have a sledgehammer in my hand, and I, I put up a fence, but he'd be like, you got calluses? <laughs> really? This guy was a Marine in Vietnam, yeah. oh. was a carpenter. I have calluses. Yeah, from yeah. moving. Exactly yeah. right. So Sorry, I feel from, pretty soft right now. From folding doilies all day? That's exactly oh. right. Well, but you did move successfully. You got I yourself did. into a new home. If someone else is looking to move, what do they do? Uh, give me a call, 612-859-2594. One of the things I'm doing this year is I'm donating a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. So let me know if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. What, what was that? Just <laughs> flicking things around <laughs> in here? That was the best part about high school. Guys just with their beer caps or their, oh. or their pennies and just flipping them at your oh. head. I, did, you like I didn't that drink in college. Yeah. But I was so good at that. Like, I, did, yeah, I didn't oh, drink I it totally. this way, but yeah. Like, aim with oh, the elbow. Yep, you got to aim yep. with the elbow. Oh, you got to get those things humming. <laughs> exactly. Well, you do. Unfortunately, when I was in high school, there was a really irritating thing where guys would put just a tiny little bit of spit on their middle finger and then flick it across oh, the room at you. Oh, I thought one, you meant yeah, the nut I'm tap. I hated I the nut that tap. tap. Don't, that's <laughs> not cool, by the way. The nut tap is I not hated cool. That never really ends in the hockey world. Yeah. And the worst part is everybody hates it. I don't know why we still do it. But you like just walk by and give someone yeah. a little knock in no, the nuts. Pay attention. Pay attention. Here's the deal. Mo- most <laughs> of the time, yeah, be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> most of the time, keep your head on a swivel, boy. Yeah. Uh, most of the times, it doesn't do anything. But like I've crossed my legs oh. wrong and almost oh, yeah, passed yeah. out, man. I mean, yeah. like, you get the right kind of nut tap and you're yeah. down, baby. Oh yeah. This leads perfectly into my next question. Before we talk about it, it actually does. It actually what does. Possibly be. I love it. So I want to know in hockey <laughs> now. I understand ever. hockey. I mean, is inherently a very physical. I don't like the word violent because I don't think anyone's out there until the gloves come off really trying to intentionally injure someone, but inherently by the nature of checking and by the fact that you're moving fast on a surface that does not allow you to stop very quickly and you're fighting the whole time for that puck, you've essentially got weapons in your hands. There are going to be violent violent outbreaks and the gloves do come off hockey fighting. I think for people who are not intimate with hockey culture like myself, it always seems a little much. But yeah. it's so ingrained in the culture that, and maybe it's different now in the NHL, I haven't watched in a long time, but it's so ingrained in the culture that I remember the years I did watch when I was younger, the refs just kind of stand back and let it unfold yeah. until yeah, it gets it too crucial. So, but I mean, like, if you try that shit in the NFL, you're, you're ejected. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. shit's over. Yeah. But I mean, but it's not entirely. And are fights still common in the NHL? They're still, I mean, yeah, there's still, still legal. Thing, right? It's still part of the game. It's obviously it's 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 part of the game that, like it or not, there is a big part of the fan base that likes it. Oh, that that, and, part, that and, doesn't and, surprise you know I mean? me at all. And 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 not to, and not to mention the players like it too, because it, it, that's that's one of the ways that the the NHL the players have always been able to police themselves. Uh, and it really, if if you know, back when I started, and I and I, I got an interesting experience because I kind of got. <laughs> I didn't get like the golden era, like the sixties and seventies and eighties, right. where, where the whole team was fighting at some point during right. the game. I mean, there was probably going to be a <laughs> bench true. clearer. Yeah, a yeah, bench yeah. might yeah. not yeah. make it out of warmups, <laughs> right? And, and the whole everybody's equipment will be on the ice. You know, like so. I got kind of the tail end of that, uh, where it was 
uh, you kind of had to fight. Well, not, not you kind of. You you had to show and you had to fight. Uh, not so much you had to show the other the, the your opponents, the people you're playing against. Like, all right, he's willing. Like, we can't push him around. Like, right. he's gonna there's there's gonna be a pushback at least, right? Right. Yep. right. Uh, but you you're showing your team how much like how much do you care about this team? Yeah. How bad do you want to play for us? Are you willing to fight for us? So like, what would you, you would take... get that pressure from more from your teammates? Yeah. Until you kind of got that first fight than anything. What what would it take for you? Like, so say we're talking specifically about Mark Parrish. He's playing for a pro team. Even when there's not everything on the line, you're not playing for a playoff spot. You're not playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. The gloves can still come off sometime. Yeah. What would someone have to do to you for you to drop the gloves and show them who's boss? So my, and I, I hope this is my reputation. Nut I tap. think this is my <laughs> nut tap. Oh my god, goalies! You have no idea how go, good goalies are at that. Are they really? Oh my god! One of the biggest complaints you will see a guy like myself or Holmstrom, Cicerelli, anyone that stands Cicerelli, in front of the he was net. Like my hero when he I was, was my hero. That's why. Oh. I, I patterned my game after Dino. Oh, I played wow. with Dino in Florida. I, no I, I learned so many tricks from the oh, master. Lord. He is now I can die. The man, the myth, the legend of being in front of the net. Dino and I, I patterned my game, and I got to play with him for years. Wow. It was unbelievable. Awesome. And and he will tell you every goalie. I mean, they're so good with that stick. Oh, just, just the a point quick, of the blade yep, yep. as they're moving across, and they'll get. And you can just see every time. And I still cringe. I, I feel it with the players when when Zach. I see it happens in Parisi all the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, poor guy. You'll just see him crumbling. <laughs> I mean, don't you, don't you, have a you cu- can do. You look at the ref, you're like, come on, give him slashing, give him something. Don't you have a cup on? Yeah, but there's room. Yeah, there's no, room. There's, there's, if the goalie, you know, there's hanging and, and there's so goalies, room, yeah. goalies are good at it, huh? Goalies are good at it. Oh, man. Gar Snow, my former teammate, he was amazing at it. Well, this is, and, it's, it's oh, crucial. it's nothing so, that drove you crazy. Oh, what were you talking about, off. your reputation? What would it take for Mark Parrish to drop the gloves? Um, it, it would be, I, so I, I was known as a, uh, like, I was a grinder. I was going to get in front. I was going to annoy the hell out of you, but I was honest about it, right? Right, right, I'm sure right. there's plenty of noise. I mean, but you're, a, you're a right winger. You're a yeah. forward. So, I mean, you're yeah. in the teeth of so it I'm, all the time. I'm, I'm in the, I made my living, you know, getting into the corners, getting to puck battles, mm-hmm. creating loose pucks, getting to the front of the net, creating right. offense that way. Simple, right. basic. Dino really hard-nosed hockey. Yep. Uh, and, and, and so I, I respect it, and I had a lot of battles. There's guys, Brendan Witt, Kevin Stevens, Ken Danico. Um, they're just off the top of my head. Chris Pronger, they're just, they were going to be a battle. Like they played yeah. physical in those. They, we knew going into the game, like, oh God, we're going to see a lot of each other. Right. And it was, have that reputation of just being hard and honest. So it was like when you're playing against those guys or, uh, other def- any defenseman in the NHL, and like all of a sudden there's like liberties where they start kind of just slapping him back in the legs. Like, not, you know, it's not going to get called. You're like, come on, you know, I know you're doing that just to be an annoying as hell. <laughs> right. And then it just kind of builds up because the beautiful thing about hockey is, is just, it's a game that why these fights happen is because this is a game that we, we play with passion and we're oh, proud of that passion we have. It's, 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 it's an obsession. It's a love affair for this game and we all hate winning or hate losing more than anything. So we're going to go out there and try and win. We're going to walk the line because it's certainly not our job to call the penalties. That's that's why we have referees. So yeah. hey, we're gonna we're gonna push the boundaries and see what we can get away with. And when when you get on the wrong side of that, where this guy's just taking liberties and it's one of those nights, that's where most of my my, my fights happen. My first fight happened with uh, Ricard Pearson. Uh, he's actually a scout for the Wild right now. Uh, the European <laughs> oh scout. God. Uh, great, a really good guy. And it was one of those we were playing. Uh, it, it was just it was a hard fought game. Uh, we were playing, and as uh, St. Louis Pronger's on the ice, and puck goes into the corner, and he just pushes my feet out from under me, but, and I just was like, "Screw it, I had enough." And gloves <laughs> come off, and it happened to me on national TV. So all my brother, my buddies, and everybody at St. Cloud was watching. Yeah. They're just going crazy. The thing I planned it because it was national TV. Yeah, right, I didn't. It was right. just dumb luck. And uh, 
Uh, so I got into the fight, go, go to the bench or go to the box. And it's, it's, it's all this. And I'm just still pissed off. I'm like, why the f- did he push my fucking feet up? In front of me? <laughs> and I look up and I watch the replay and I stepped on the puck. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> and now this explains why I couldn't figure out why he's like, why are you fighting me? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, whoa, 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 oh, that's whoa, whoa. I watch the replay and like that. Also, you're like, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, oh, thanks, you, thanks for my first fight, though. Like, you, thanks you, for not you, killing me. You're both, <laughs> you're both in the penalty box oh, at the yeah. same time. Right so, like, on. we're watching right. the replay, and like, I kind of look up, but like, I didn't even look over at yeah. all. Oh, I no. didn't even. Make, I'm like, son of a bitch. So I did a. Uh, I didn't did even touch me. I did a TV commercial with uh, Derek Bugard. Uh, God Ooh, rest oh, his soul. Man. I did a yes. TV spot oh, with him that was on for two years for Hockey Giant, and so they they asked him in the commercial to punch me in the helmet and the first take he punches me in the helmet like he just went full throttle i heard the back of my neck crack yeah and i was like oh my god he's like oh that was just like a light punch yeah i was like oh my lord so i asked him i said who taught you how to fight he goes seriously my older sister (laughs) he said i'm not kidding His older sister taught him yeah. how to fight. Yeah. Fantastic guy. I love Canadian. I play, I play golf oh, with him. Oh, one of my just favorites. I love Terrific that guy. He was an enforcer, right? Yes. I mean, he was sort of known that very much. You've yep. got guys oh, on the yeah. team. I mean, so, oh. as, as we talked about before, there are guys who are great hands. There are guys yep. who are fleet of foot. There are guys like yourself who were just natural scorers, and that's a very, very good thing to have out in yeah. front. But there also were guys who may be a little more modest in those areas of talent, even me with my sort of amateur's view on it, that were brought in because they are giant bruisers, and they are going to help enforce the the rules of the playground yes. out on the ring. Yeah. Exactly. That. And that's what we talk about, the policing, right? Yeah. And, and that's where it kind of slowly evolved. It went from everybody fighting to all of a sudden, and then there's, there was the era of the enforcers and and talk to any skill guy we loved the era of the enforcers uh because there's the refs like i said like you could get away with little cheap shots there, there was ways of of taking liberties on players yeah. especially the star players and uh, you could watch firsthand vividly i mean we had eric cairns in long island we had zidane char we had some pretty mm-hmm. big heavyweights in long island actually we had a tough tough team uh but watching the teams play against myself and demetra and rolston and gabrick when bugard wasn't on the ice you could tell a difference. I mean, uh-huh, they, yeah. All of a sudden, there was a little more pushing and shoving after yeah. the whistle. There was a little more, just a little, little more cross check, a little yeah. bit more slashing. Bugard steps on that ice. Nobody's slashing anybody. <laughs> I mean, it was that it's simple. Clean, it was literally hockey. that simple. And Jacques knew that. Like there was times yeah. where it would be a whistle. Yeah. Jacques would be like, "Boogie, just go skate around out there." <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah. it was just he just, just put like him on the ice, just a reminder to that other team <laughs> yeah. that he was on that yeah. ice. Because you know what? Like, and the biggest, the, the best thing that would work in the NHL was, you know what? Hey, you know there was rules, and obviously the yeah. heavyweights weren't going to go after like somebody that. But if the cheap shot, and if there's a skill guy that's doing something, be like, hey, you know what? You keep doing that to that guy. I'm going to fight that guy right there. <laughs> uh-huh. And that guy on the bench goes, stop it. <laughs> right now. I'm not doing that. So stop. What, so it's genius how it works. Yep. And if you have just Chess. having those guys yep. on your bench, on the ice, yep. and then let alone like once they get on the ice, everybody just, you could see it. The, the talkers stopped talking. The game was different. A classic, a classic example of checks and balances, right? Yes. Yep. I mean, you sometimes, you need the era of the enforcer. I love that. So you come back home to the Minnesota Wild. Your first reaction when you find out you're coming back to Minnesota, yeah. you're going to play in front of the oh, hometown man. crowd. How did you feel? 
Incredible, incredible. Still one of the happiest summers, days of my life. I remember it vividly. Uh, you know, being a Minnesota boy, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised now. And, and everybody, you talk about guys from Toronto and around from the league, everybody, like, getting a chance to play in hometown, that's, mm-hmm. that's a dream. Hey, you can't, it's just a given. We know that. Yeah. Like, right. everybody talks about that when they become free agents. Like, well, is he just going to sign with Toronto? Is he just going to yeah. sign with Minnesota? Right. And so, like, going into it, it was pretty obvious to people that knew me that I was going to sign with Minnesota. So, it really wasn't a big shock. Uh, so I, just to come home, I mean, I, I grew up here, this, this state, and this is part of the reason why my vodka, like we give back 5% to youth hockey programs. Oh, that's great. Uh, and and we, and we track the vodka where it's sold. So we're doing a great, like Virginia mm. and Bemidji, Brainerd, a lot of the Northern Lakes areas. There's obviously playing around here with Orno supporting us too. Yeah. So, so we're tracking that. So we know what, where to, we're, we're going to uh, give back to those, those places that have taken care of us. So we thank them, them for that. We'll tag your vodka too, yeah. uh, um, when we post this on social media so people know that and that they know that you, you're giving back to youth hockey here too. Oh, yeah. Well, thank really you because cool. it's, that's, that's the thing is it takes, it takes a village to, to raise a child. It takes a state to raise an NHL, and I mm-hmm. truly feel that. And I've, I've the, the support I've gotten here since day one, since I was a kid at Bloomington Jefferson, to when I played for the Wild, now being a broadcaster, has been overwhelmingly supportive. I can't thank everyone for that. Uh, and, and that is exactly why I wanted to come home. I love it here. Yeah. I, I'm a Minnesota boy. Right. I, I wanted to come home and play. I wanted my parents to be able to come to camp. Which, I wanted and, my, you and know, your friends. I wanted and that. Yeah. You want to play where you grew up. I yeah, mean, your whole legacy, even though you got to go into the NHL and go to all these other amazing places and would continue to go on to other places and be a journeyman after your time with the yeah, Wild. Yeah. But I mean, coming back home, it's man. Home, man. It's, people ask me what this podcast is about, and I tell them it's about telling the stories of the place that we live, right? Yeah. And so, and then finding out more about these people through music. And we do have one more song to get yes. from you. So you are a journeyman for a while, and then your NHL career, which is a good solid fifteen years, comes to an end. You've played hockey at a higher level than the vast majority of people who ever hold a stick in their hands are ever going to play. You had a great career, but you were not done at that point. With hockey, I mean you, you, I mean, you have you weren't you've no. been you've been coaching and involved with hockey. I mean, not just from giving them five percent from Northland. You've been involved with hockey ever since you have no longer been in the NHL. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, not only coaching, but you're a professional broadcaster. Yes, yes, but an analyst, uh, which is funny because as I get older and the further I go, the more of a hypocrite I become in a good way. In a good way, <laughs> I just keep doing it. like no, no. I, I always said I didn't want to do TV. I, I'm going to do coaching. I just like being involved in the game. And it's then still when fun I retired, to be around it, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then I retired, and we all we all battled with this identity crisis, more or less, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, you know, we're not just NHLers. Well, we like being referred to, <laughs> our identity being NHLers. Yeah. And then that, that was kind of that realization. Luckily, Ben Clymer, Brett Hattikin, some really good friends of mine, my wife, because uh, St. Cloud asked me to do the color analyst. I'd never thought about doing TV. I said no right away, and instantly my phone call, my phone rang from Brett and Benny, and like, what the fuck are you doing? You're, what the you're fuck are you doing? This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. I don't care. Like, even just for your wife, just to get out of the house for the yeah, 20 yeah. home games, for God's yeah. sake. Think of your wife. And uh, <laughs> so I did it, and I, and I ended up falling in love with it. I, I really did. It, it was it was a challenge. Uh, first game, I was absolutely horrible. Uh, they scored five goals in the first period. I, I, I my, 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 the, my schooling, the the what I got for school to how I to go on TV was I was an hour there before the first game and it was all right. We're doing three minutes on tape. After that, uh, you got the highlights 
uh, goals and some uh, bump back replays. Okay, ready for ready for that goal? <laughs> what the hell are you talking okay. about? Okay, right. First period, five goals they score. I was no longer allowed to use the word great or unfortunate, and the rest of my broadcast <laughs> oh, career, yeah. uh, Brian will still text me if he hears yeah. me on air say yeah. great or unfortunate. He's like, no, nope, no, nope, no, you can't use those anymore. There's one period, and I was just. Intimidating and awful, and I couldn't wait to come back and do it the night, next night. Yeah, <laughs> like that was the thing. Get better. Yeah, nobody comes out of the womb fully formed, man. I mean, yeah. you, whether you're in a band, whether you bake food, <laughs> no matter what you do, you have to start out and be crappy at the beginning, yeah. and get into it as long as you love it, and you keep yes. going back and you keep showing up. Yeah. Now you're also a regular contributor to my favorite, even though I'm one of the morning show hosts yes. in this town. My favorite morning show is the Power Trip Morning Show. I've had everybody on that show. Well, the main three brains yes. on that show here. In fact, the most recent episode, episode 189, features Corey Cove. Nice. Um, and and now you're on. They are they're lucky to have people like you because none of those guys are deep sports guys. They can all talk sports yes. conversantly. Yeah, but they, that's why they have Ben Lieber on. That's why they have you on. They need an expert. I love the fact that you bring your expertise because I mean, really, man, you've been all over the country playing ho- professional NHL professional hockey. That's not a small achievement, man. You played a professional <laughs> sport, you know, and I know that. You probably wish you'd been playing in this era instead of that era because oh, the money's yeah. markedly the what different. Game. Gotta <laughs> love the what if game. That's yeah, it's yeah. a but dangerous game, but yet we all get to like God. Look at what they're paying for twenty goal scorers, right? Exactly, now. Yeah. exactly. They can't do it. Yeah. No, you People can. Because generations no before, didn't. there's there's no way to turn it back. Exactly. Yep. But I mean, you get to bring a really cool insight and a really cool perspective. And so when I think about your coaching endeavors as well, I mean, think about it. When you were growing up, if you'd had a former NHL player coaching you to be able to pick their brain. And to have them every once in a while grab you by the front of the jersey and say, look, it's not always going to be like this. You need to keep your eyes right yeah. here. You need to hold your stick like this. That kind of perspective, in my opinion, is invaluable. Anytime you get to talk to someone who's achieved something at the highest level. Yeah, and and uh, the fun part for me, for the fun, excuse me, the tooth got me there. I got gotcha. you. My tooth is the old NHL, old NHL wound, recent ice cream sandwich wound. But that's, 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 that's no, so they're here, they're there. You lost the tooth a long time ago. You had a thing in that was that was in its place. Yeah, it was per- but then permanent. You, you, oh, it was. And you've been, you recently lost it to uh, an ice cream sandwich accident. Yeah, it was, it was my bravado. Uh, karma, yeah. karma exists. I was uh, <laughs> tell you that I, I was I was bragging about how my metal teeth and and how I'm RoboCop and I can bite yeah. through anything. I, hey, I got through it the first two. Yeah, didn't quite get through the third one. Just felt the tooth, that porcelain, everything. It just oh. it just shattered up into my gums. Oh, like I had to. Sp- just spitting out porcelain the rest of the night. Oh, so I had like half a tooth just hanging there. Just a little bit of a whiff. Mm. Yeah, yeah just a little bit. For the day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you you <laughs> were talking enunciating. You were talking. Exactly. You were talking about your uh, your coaching endeavors and yes. and and, how, and what it meant to you. Yes, and and man, working with the kids were awesome. Ninety nine percent of the parents are great, but it only takes one or two, unfortunately, to yeah. make it tough. And, yeah. and you just the focus turns on one of those two, uh, one or two of those, and. But you know what? The kids were awesome. The thing I loved about it most was was just uh, you know they think it's so complex and everybody like this perfect system and uh, this and that. And it's not. It's it's simple hockey. It's a game. Mm-hmm. Attitude and effort. There's two things you can control. For as long as I've played, from 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 where I've gone, there are two things you control: your attitude and your effort. Puck's gonna bounce. You're gonna have years sometimes where pucks don't go in, things don't go out, and then all set right, and then next year. Everything goes right, and you're a Stanley Cup contender, and and all of a sudden you win a state championship. It's it's just a game. Uh, I've learned all my life lessons through it, and I think that was where I enjoyed it the most was just simplifying it for these people. Like, no, it's it's who wants it the most. 
who you put the puck out there. Yeah. If you want the puck the most, probably going to win the game. Go get it. That's it. We're going to finish up here in just a moment with Mark Parrish, but first we do have to mention Palmer's Bar. Palmer's Bar is a sponsor of this fine program, and they are located on Cedar. They are over on the West Bank, and they are some hard fighters as well. You know, Tony Zaccardi and his crew over there, they survived more than a year of pandemic and not being open once. The margins aren't great in the bar industry. For people who don't know, the fact that they hung on was a big testament to the number of people who supported them, bought their merch, and now they're back open. And we've got these gorgeous autumn days in front of us here. It's going to be beautiful for at least the next two weeks. And they've got tons of music on that back patio. Stop by and check out Palmer's. Find out what they're up to over at palmersbar.net. Mr. Parrish, it has been a delight talking oh, to you, man. And it's been a delight so to get to yeah, know you Brian, over the last couple Sean, of years as well, man. Thank you so much. So much. Before, we, awesome. before we part ways, though, I mean, as as a color commentator, you also do work for, uh, I mean, do you you do stuff for the Wild, don't the you? The Wild, yep. I'm, uh, uh, pre and, I do some pre and post with Audra there mm-hmm. for uh, Bally Sports North. Uh, I did that a couple color commentary there last year, hoping to do a little more color this year. I hope. We haven't heard. Uh, it's it's a nightmare for those guys. Poor guys behind the scenes now. Right. Now with COVID kind of still there, and now they have to travel to all the cities. So they're, 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 we, we, we color, we, we, we uh, analysts, us, us uh uh, oh God, good Lord! Talent, there so we go. Talent, yeah. yes, the Our, talent. The last thing on the minds at Bally right now. They're trying uh, to figure out how they're going to get to get the video from each game. Where they're going to yeah. put the people on the road. It's so I do not envy. They're they're making their money right about now. But yeah, yeah I love working with them. Their people are great working with those guys, and I do with the NHL Network as well. Uh, sign on there for a couple more years, so I'm I'm looking forward. I go out to Seacock's New Jersey and get to. It's fun being able to do the 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 full NHL analyst and then coming home and obviously being the homegrown boy and supporting the hometown team. I just I absolutely adore what I get to do and I get to cover the state tourney. I'm the luckiest guy out there. Yeah, well, not bad, man. Well, so good great. luck to you and your family. Good Thank luck with you. Northland Spirits, and Thank they can you. be found virtually everywhere. Thanks again to Audio Equip who have provided us with all the fine equipment that's in the Smart Start MN Studio here. Without them, we sound like a couple guys with tin cans and a long string and that's not a joke because our first couple podcasts sounded a little bit like that thanks to all of our thanks to all of our patreon members without whom we could actually not do this smart start everybody involved forgotten star thank you very much sean thanks brian always makes it weird um we'll be back again next week Uh, in the meantime you know enjoy this listen amplify subscribe anything you can do to support the brian oak show there's lots of ways to support it that don't cost you a damn dime you can share with your friends you can go back and listen to previous episodes it all helps us out before we say a fond farewell to mark Parrish, you have got one more song for Uh us here i've got one more yes ever on this show and and i for for quite a few reasons of course because i i consider myself you know a, a music, somewhat a music expert, or maybe more of a music snob. There we go. Is what I would refer to myself. Not certainly not an aficionado uh, of y- of your standards, Mister Oak. No, 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 so no. no but, always... but before we before we get into defending this band, let me be very clear. <laughs> let me no no. Let me let me be very clear Here about it comes. no no. I don't think there's. There is no such thing as being wrong or right about a band, right? Amen. It's all art appreciation. I, for instance, very early on, we first moved in here, talked to the legendary Liz Winstead about how much I loved Coldplay. Uh, and it's very fashionable to shit on Coldplay. Okay? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, which, and I don't care because I yeah, think they I are too. a brilliant band. They're, I love them. Incredible. Now, love you them and I, live? Live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
it's weird. They're understated and still wildly captivating. I'm yeah. a huge fan of them live. <laughs> yes. Now, we may not share the same opinion about the band you chose to end the show with, but, but, but be, be very certain I do not judge you for liking them. I just, I've, I have yet to hear the one that moves me, and who knows? I don't know this song. Maybe this will be the one. Well, this is the one. I, I, I did this one on purpose, obviously, and, and, and this, anyone that knows me and listens to me on Power Trip, I love Nickelback. And, yeah. and, and uh, one, I've always loved their music. I was a fan, you know, I was leader of men in, in the state early early on before How You Remind Me came out mm-hmm. uh, and, and I got to know them too and they're just a good old Canadian boys you know from small town they're from they're out in BC now and they added Daniel Adair as drums which I think is the reason that this album uh, for, all, for all the right reasons um, took off and this is where this band took off with this song Animals and it was it's one of my favorite songs of theirs but I was also because they're so awesome and cool guys uh, they let me play this on stage with them. I actually play a little guitar. Now, see, that's news to me. I, I have, knowing you as long as I have, I didn't know you were a guitar player. Then you utilized your significant connections with these Canadian types. Oh, guilted the hell out of them. Get, get but, I mean, they're, but they're like, Leverage. oh man, for sure, come on up. And so where was this at that you played with them on stage? So it was Treasure Island yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. And and unfortunately, it was uh, was when I was still drinking. Uh, so I completely uh. screwed up the entrance. I, I walked out before they even introduced me. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, 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 I crawled did, out. You yes. crawled out. It was oh, a lot of and I realized when I got out there, Stumbled I was like, out. they're still talking about me. <laughs> oh shit. And what do I do now? Yeah. And they're like, well, okay, he's out here. Let's, let's play this song. <laughs> Uh, and, and and in the version I do have it, but of course I have it of, of from my my wife's iPhone video. Right. So I, yeah, I don't think there's a way to play that. <laughs> that plug that in here. I don't know how good that would sound yeah. either. So let's hear. So of even me though playing it, but this even is though the it's, song. it's minus the guitar stylings <laughs> of Mark Parrish, still probably a good song. Mark, thank you very much, man. Absolutely, thank you guys, Sean Brown. I really appreciate. It. I had a lot of fun coming on. You guys really did. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. We'll let's have do it you, again. Have you back again? Let's go ahead and wrap up episode one ninety of the Brian Oak Show. I can't believe I'm saying it out loud. We're gonna take you out with Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> you win, Mark. Yes. <laughs>